Hey, I'm Daddy, and this is Daddy as Fuck, a throw-it-all-at-me discussion about poly, kink, DDLG, and BDSM, with an emphasis on power exchange through the eyes of a soft DDLG dynamic. You'll hear stories, opinions, and perspectives as we journey through an alternative way of life, what has worked, what hasn't, and thoughts about how to manage choices on a path less taken. So thanks for joining us today, and let's get going down the bunny hole. Hey, it's Daddy. In this episode of Daddy as Fuck, we're going to take a look at what it means to be a daddy. I'm going to talk about my experiences as I was discovering when I first realized I was a daddy and its context inside my dominance. Along the way, I'm going to ask questions that might help you connect with your inner daddy or dominant or baby girl, little girl, or submissive, depending upon what side of the slash you're on. And I'm going to explore my kink as it connects to my childhood, how you could take a look back at your own origins and create a deeper and more meaningful connection to your kink identity. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments for Daddy, send them to my email at daddy underscore af at comcast.net. Remember, there's no better way to make sure I stick around than showing support with a donation or a subscription. You can also send me a voice message through the Anchor platform, and you might even get integrated into one of my shows. So let's get on down the bunny hole. So after listening to my pilot episode, I had a thought, and I wanted to issue a caveat to cover the rest of my shows about gender norms and the pronouns that I use. I speak from my perspective but by no means are the pronouns that I use and my perspective on these issues and relationships confining in any way. So when I say him or her, feel free to substitute whatever is relevant for you because it's about connecting, right? It has nothing to do with gender norms. These relationships that we have are roles to be cherished and enjoyed, not shackled by pronouns. So please feel free to substitute in whatever suits your perspective. So after my pilot episode, I had a listener ask me about some of the terminology I was using. They weren't quite up on the scene and said that they were able to pick up the context of uh, most of it and follow along. But because this show is heavy and dynamic, I want to uh, back up a little bit and talk a little bit about what DS or dominance and submission is to me. And to me, dominance and submission is an exchange of power. It is a power exchange relationship. And that's, to me, that's nothing more than agreement between two parties to give over some measure of control. One person wants to be told what to do. The other person has a desire to exert control over another person and tell them what to do. It's a flow of power between the two individuals. And it can be very heavy in the bedroom but it can also bleed over into other aspects of the relationship, such as the mental aspects of the relationship and emotional aspects of the relationship. And you can use that power exchange to relate to each other in very unique and interesting ways when you start to explore one person being in control and the other person being willing to take a step back and submit to the lead of their partner. It's very interesting when you think about it that way. Because when you boil it right down, you and your partner weren't always in this relationship, right? You didn't all of a sudden wake up one day and like, oh, you're in a power exchange relationship. No, at one point in time, you were an individual out in the world. They were an individual out in the world. You met, you came together as consenting equals and said, hey, I'm interested in DS, power exchange. Would you like to explore that? Sure. What do you think that looks like for you? looks like this. How about you? And off you go, starting to find the edges of your dynamic together. It's about keeping that balance. And it always comes back to a place of consenting equal. Some people go so far as to say that the submissive holds all the cards in a DS relationship, but I don't necessarily believe that. Because as much as the dominant has a desire to control, the submissive has a desire to submit. And yes, it's true, the dominant cannot exert his or her will over their partner unless that person consents. And I'm not talking about consensual non-consent play here, or CNC. I'm talking about the foundational relationship of power exchange between a dominant and a submissive. 
and that is something that has a lot to do with keeping balance between the desires of both individuals because everything has to come through that agreement and I'm not saying you don't find your edges and push the boundaries because that's how you grow isn't it I'm simply saying that DS and power exchange is a type of relationship and that is its basic foundational structure as far as I see it Now that we've got some of the basics out of the way, let's get into it, shall we? So I remember when I really started getting active in the scene, I would go to rope groups and munches and discussion groups and cons, and inevitably, you know, you'd start having some in-depth conversations with people. They start to trust you and you become friends and you start to reveal your uh, viewpoints on the, the lifestyle and the community. And I'll, more often than not, I heard a lot of stories about how, you know, people would know, like, when did you discover that you were kinky? You know, that, that's, that's always a fun question that, uh, that has come up quite a bit. And being a part of those conversations, I always felt like I was on the outside because people would inevitably say things like, oh, man, everyone was running around playing hide and seek and cowboys and Indians. And I just carried around coil of rope in my pocket. And when I caught somebody, I would tie them up. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I felt like an imposter in the scene because I wasn't running around tying kids up. I mean, I love rope, you know. Rope is one of my, you know, top kink activities. Impact and rope are those, some of my favorite things. And, you know, I don't do them, I don't engage in them exclusively because I like them. I, you know, ideally, I, I, I do them with partners that really like them too, but of the shared activities that I've engaged in in uh, my kink journey. You know, rope and impact, those are the two that I'm really like, yeah, let's do this shit. So I felt like an imposter going to all these rope groups and classes being like, hey, I just discovered rope in like 2013. <laughs> but apparently you knew about it when you were five years old. Jeez, I was, uh, what, 41? <laughs> So I always felt like an imposter. Well, one night, uh, one day I was deconstructing over Messenger with Baby Girl. We, we had done a scene together and uh, it was kind of like a heavy beating scene and in the bedroom. And we, we were talking about what we were thinking and feeling in those moments as we were exchanging power, as we were experiencing our dynamic in the moment and just kind of surfing the mechanics of it. Um, instinctually and letting things unfold naturally. So afterwards we were talking about, hey, so what was it like for you when I did that, right? And um, this is great. This has become what we know as the dog in a closet story. So I'm, I'm going to take a second and grab my phone and read, read it right from the texts. So, okay, I've got my phone and I'm going to start reading uh, with what, what she said. I also loved the mindfuckery of it. Last night, that was one of the hottest parts for me. The way you bit me, and you didn't let go despite my whimpering. And then, when I tried to hide my neck from you, you were like, isn't that cute? You're trying to protect yourself. And then you wrenched my head to the side and held me down. As I was bracing for the pain of another bite, you kissed me gently and said, don't worry, baby girl, I won't hurt you. That made me so wet. I think maybe when you make me feel a little afraid, then the comfort and tenderness feels more dramatic and impactful. I said, fuck, baby girl. It simply amazes me to read that. It's 100% my natural response to you. That's pure dynamic. No thinking. No planning. I'm simply reacting to you. And in that moment, I'm going to stop reading the text for a second, because in that moment, as I was having this conversation, I had a little chill run up my spine because I was experiencing a feeling, you know, I was recalling the feeling that I had in that scene. And I thought back quickly, which I, you know, I mentioned in, in uh, my pilot episode that I did a lot of training with Landmark Education. I got in touch with all of the different events in my life that helped shape my personality. So I, you know, I, I have the, I have a sl small skill at like regressing myself back. And in this particular moment, I was like, oh, okay, I felt this before. And I'm like going back, I'm going back, I'm going back. And it landed, ding, right on this thing that happened when I was a kid. And I was like, holy shit. So I say to her, there's more here. This is touching something from my childhood. And I'm like astonished in the moment, you know. 
I'm, I go on to say, I'm seeing it now. And she goes, tell me. So I said to her, my relationship with animals as a kid, this is going to sound so fucked up. I remember being like four or five or six years old. And I think now at the time I was more like five. Um, I remember being four or five or six years old. And now I loved animals, pets, farm animals, etc. Cute, adorable, loved them. But I remember things like one time I had my dog in my room and we were playing. He wouldn't give me the toy and I got mad. So I ripped the toy away and forced him in the closet as punishment. I really remember how powerful it felt. In that moment, I was lord over his life. He whimpered in the closet and I banged on the door to scare him quiet. My mom came by and asked if I was okay and I innocently responded, I was fine, I'm just playing with the dog. Then a feeling came over me, concern as love flooded back in. I opened the door, the dog was fine, but just confused and looking at me. I swept him up and hugged him so tight and patted him and said sweet things, told him why I did it, didn't apologize, took him to the kitchen and asked my mom if I could give him a treat, then went about my way. Wow. She says, so interesting. I go on to say, right? This has always been in me. It happened with other animals too, just a few times, then just went dormant. She says, but you weren't necessarily doing it to be cruel. It sounds like you wanted to teach a lesson. I said, I don't know why. Thinking back, it felt like pure power. Definitely not to be cruel, no, because when I saw the result of my actions, it provoked love. She said, I think that's exactly what differentiates this from abuse. In DS, I found that there can be a fine line, like you're exploring edges. But with abusers, they're always sorry after. They get that same rush of love, but then they feel guilt. They promise never to do it again. And I say, there's definitely a fine line. I, I think of sadists and author, author, authoritarian dominance. I can never say that. She says, the thing that struck me most about your story above was you said, quote, I didn't apologize. You were administering a lesson. And I said, that's how it started in the moment, yes. Funny thing is, I always look back on that and look down on myself for being mean. I just missed it. As being such a young child, I didn't know any better. The more I look at it, the more I see it for what it really was, an expression of power and taking responsibility for having used it. She goes, happy sigh, definitely more to explore there. And in that one moment when we were deconstructing all of the things we experienced the night before, what were we thinking and feeling as we expressed our dynamic in our time together? Hey, how did you feel when I did this? What, did it, what kind of thoughts did it bring up for you? In that one moment as we were talking, it, it brought this realization that goes all the way back to my past. This dog in a closet story that, oh my God, my dominance, I can trace it finally back to when I was about five years old. I'm no longer an imposter. Woohoo! I have been a dominant my whole life. It's just been buried. And you know, that's really funny because with my submissive girlfriend, I credited her for discovering my dominant side when it's been there this whole time because when I met my submissive girlfriend, I had no idea that my dominance went way back to five years old. We never dug this deep. We didn't relate on this level that baby girl and I do. We, we just experienced what we were experiencing prima facie and enjoyed the hell out of it. But So I attribute it all to like, oh, this is how I'm reacting to you. Isn't this great? But never really went far back. I mean, when I was with my submissive girlfriend, this, when all these conversations were taking place that I felt like an imposter, you know, but there was never any mechanics present in our relationship that allowed me to open these doors to realize that I've been dominant since I was five fucking years old. And now I know that above all that, my core dynamic that I desire is exactly the one I have in my relationship with baby girl. I have exactly what I want to nurture, but also guide, protect, and keep my partner accountable. Not necessarily to me, but through me. I see it as my role to keep her accountable to being the best version of herself. And that's how I discovered the roots of my dominance. Let's look at some origin questions. Have you ever thought about your origins in the um, kink lifestyle 
or in Power Exchange DS, what drives you? Where 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 does it come from? You know, what's your kink identity? What are the roots of it? One of the um, you could take a page out of the Book of Daddy. One of the ways that I find is a, is like a fast track to understanding the roots of your kink identity is emotions, right? You know, everything's sparked off by feelings. I mean, shit, fight or flight. That's like basic human responses wired right into our brains. Emotions control us, sometimes handicap us. So they're also the key to understanding how we make choices and how we live our life. So page from the book of daddy here, the thoughts and feelings you have surrounding your kink experiences. Where have you felt those feelings before in your life? That's if I could give you one thing to take away from this if you're interested in understanding your kink origins better is that one question just like write it out and paste it on the wall where have you felt these feelings before in your life and then underneath that what happened at those times so in that moment when I was having that dog in a closet discussion with baby girl I had this feeling so I stopped and I thought I'll explain a little bit about the process here to put some context behind the advice that I'm giving. I had, I had a feeling pop up and it sent a chill up my spine and, I, and something in my brain went off and said, this is important. This is significant. So I grabbed onto it and I said, where have I felt this before? And I go back through my prior relationships. Nope, it didn't. Or yeah, I felt it there, but it didn't originate there. It didn't originate in my friendships. Okay, go back to like, college nope not college okay how about my teen years okay well there are some instances of it you know with me and my brother really how we related and there was definitely a power exchange there although at times non-consensual <laughs> um and i just kept going back and back and back until it stopped and trust me when you hit that backstop you'll know it something in your gut will stir, you'll know that you've hit the origin memory. And when I did, I asked myself, what was happening? And by looking at what was happening, I started to deconstruct my actions because chances are, if you can actually think back to when have I felt these feelings before in my life, emotions are linked to memory, right? So if you can get yourself back to what happened, you're, trust me, you're going to be able to go through the play-by-play of what happened and what you were thinking and feeling every, almost every step of the way through that um, memory. And by doing that, you'll kind of understand the choices you made and you'll be able to deconstruct yourself in that moment from your past. And once you do you should be able to see all of these points through your life light up like just a cascade of lights, like a string of Christmas tree bulbs lighting one at a time. Boop, 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 boop. This is how my life kind of took shape, traced back from that one moment all the way through my life and all of these different choices that I made that stem from one, that one moment that led to me looking at life or feeling about life through this particular lens. And then when we're talking about this in the context of dominance and, and power exchange, you're tracing back feelings that you have in the moment when you're, when you're exchanging power, right? So it will be relevant and you will start to understand how your kink um, identity relates back to times, hopefully, long before you were kinky. Because I say hopefully, because it creates a much deeper understanding of your sense of self, and it broadens your kink identity such that, for me, as Baby Girl helped me realize that it's not my kink identity, it's my identity. It's who I fucking am. So... What can you learn from those memories and those thoughts? What kinds of feelings have you had before in your life? And what happened in those times? And what can you learn from them and roll them forward to the now? 
Where does your past show up for you in your dynamic? Deep realizations about our past can connect us and have a very powerful impact on validating who we are now. It can create a feeling of comfort in our own skin. And I'll talk a little bit about how that worked for me with DDLG um, in the next segment here shortly. Another thing to look at too is um, kind of step outside of yourself and look at what kinds of things do you like about kink and power exchange? What Maybe look at it from the other perspective, you know? What drives your identity when you're in dynamic or a scene or practicing kink? Are you, are you driven by fantasy? Are you playing out a fantasy? Do you like to have fantasies and then kind of play them out with your partner or negotiate them out with your partner and then see where they lead? You ever stop? Do you ever stop to think after those are done? Do you ever stop to think like, wow, what did I, where did I go? Like, what was my headspace? What was occurring to me? I mean, I got to play out that fantasy, but what was it like? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? Are you driven by fantasy? Are you driven by um, trauma? Are you driven by an escape? Are you driven by release to let go of frustrations and tensions? Are you searching for what makes you whole? Sometimes I feel that if someone is searching for what makes them whole, that kind of permeates all of their explorations, right? You know, they're going to try a little bit of this, do a little bit of this, and they're going to piece together all different aspects of the things they like about this journey and kind of create like a whole feeling of wholeness. But if, if you, if you, I firmly believe that if you don't do the work and take the time to really think about what's going on here, then you're not going to be able to sew all of those little pieces together that make you whole. If you're a search, if, if searching for what makes you whole resonates with you, think about this. Maybe go back and listen to this little segment again. Think about it. Think about how your kink expresses itself. Things like, where do you feel most comfortable when you're in dynamic or enjoying the kink? expressing yourself in in that way do you like playing a role do you like doing an activity do you like being in a certain mental space where could that evolve to if a deeper understanding about these aspects of your kink was nurtured by your introspection let's talk about ddlg Discovering the inner daddy. What is DDLG? Think about what is it to you? I'm going to talk about what it is to me. So daddy dom little girl. It's, um, it's a subset of the kink community and subset of power. It's a flavor of power exchange or DS, dominance and submission, where the daddy is more of a dominant role and the little girl or the baby girl is more in the submissive role usually. Um, think about what terminology is, is relevant to you. Is it little girl? Is it baby girl? Um, whatever works to um, connect you to your, to your identity. Um, there can be aspects of DDLG that are full-on age regression where um, a, a little girl can identify most as a little girl when she regresses back to a personality of about five years old or even infant in some cases or eight or 10 or 12 or whatever, pick an age. What age they, they usually identify with a particular age when age, age regression is present. And as you would expect, the um, activities that are typical of that age group would come into play. And then the, the, the daddy and the little girl would interact around that type of um, you know age group you know so she 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 would be expressing herself through the lens of that particular age group and he would be treating her as if she were um, you know say 12 or 16 or seven or three or or whatever and likewise you can have different types of daddies you can have daddies that you know, like me, are nurturing and, um, you know, protective, or you could have daddies that are stern father figures who focus heavily on discipline and, and you know, just, just like there are as many daddies in the world as there are children, right? Um, it's, it's a type of uh, relationship that you get to choose based on what works for the two people involved. But there's one 
aspect of DDLG that kind of separates it a little bit from dominance at submission. You know, dominance at submission, as I talked about earlier, power exchange has to do with, hey, one person wants to give up control, the other person wants to take control, and then the two people decide what that's going to look like. DDLG is a flavor of that, whereby one party identifies as um, a little girl or a baby girl who just has a desire to um, need care and need discipline. They crave a sense, they have a sense of needing care and needing discipline. And the daddy has a desire to nurture, support, discipline, or care for. And it all centers around that little girl or baby girl personality and that, that daddy role. Um, it's, it's, if you really take a minute to think about it and go back to childhood, it's not really that difficult to understand what it would be like to take on a daddy role. Um, with a partner who identifies as a little girl or a baby girl. Um, but, but really getting a little bit further down into the chewy center, you can take the power exchange dynamic and you can collapse it down into a baby girl, little girl identity, someone who wants to be cared for, okay? Someone who wants to let go of being an adult and be vulnerable through the lens of whatever identity they have around what it is to be a baby girl little girl and then the father or the daddy has a desire to care for or be responsible for or the protector of or the disciplinarian of the overseer of this little girl baby girl their charge you could say so there's definitely like this very focused aspect of someone who identifies as a little girl who just wants to be cared for to let go and be vulnerable and someone who identifies as a, as a daddy that wants to care for someone who is in the role of little girl or baby girl it's it's a niche way of relating through power exchange and that's why i call it a flavor of power exchange and inside this flavor, there are many different ways to express it. But essentially, that's how I see DDLG. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about how I discovered my inner daddy. And at the same time, we'll get a little bit deeper into DDLG. But that should give you a bit of context for the next segment. Let's talk about discovering daddy. So my first conversations with baby girl revealed an interest in a mutual interest in exploring DDLG. Um, if you remember the first kiss story from the pilot episode, uh, season one, episode one, daddy meets baby girl for the first time. But backing up a step, that night when I first met baby girl, we met at a munch and, and I, I explained how that all unfolded in uh, the first episode of season one. Um, when we were sitting down in the booth and we were talking, she had expressed in, uh, you know, we were talking about the different things we had experienced and we were, we started to talk about the things that we were interested in exploring. Maybe, Hey, what are the kinds of things that you've never done before that you have an interest in? And one of the things that, that baby girl brought up was DDLG. And that perked me up because, um, there was a person I was, I was just wrapping up I was I was just about to stop dating this person my relationship was just ending with a play partner that had mentioned DDLG to me before um in the context context of her relationship with her old boyfriend and and a part of me went "Ooh, I like the sound of that the way she described it kind of sounded intriguing I, I had an interest in it right so when baby girl mentioned it to me the night we met I was like oh yeah 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 I've I've been exposed to that a little bit, and uh, I, I, I would be interested in exploring that. Something inside of me was going, ding, 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 ding. Yes, say yes. <laughs> of course, with baby girl sitting in front of me, I'd say yes to just about anything. So um, we had talked about it as we were sitting there um, before we left for the night. We both expressed this interest in, in DDLG and maybe like, yeah, hey, that's something we could explore. That sounds cool, right? All right. 
So, um, <laughs> if you remember the first kiss story from uh, season one, episode one, that's when daddy met baby girl for the first time. You know, that's when I got out of the car and I looked back at her and I saw the look on her face. It was like, huh, what, where, 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 where'd you go? I just, I wanted to crawl back in that car and cradle her in my arms and put her in the passenger seat and just drive her home and put her to bed and hold her until she fell asleep. I wanted to take care of this woman for as long as I possibly could. And that just stirred something in me. So it's funny because um, after we had that conversation and we left the bar together and we felt so comfortable and we had that first kiss that was just like otherworldly. Um, I mean, it was it was an experience. It wasn't just a kiss it was an experience. Um, we were talking and deconstructing that experience um, not too long after we met. And she had told me that um, I just, you know, that night in the car when you kissed me, and I don't know, I just had this feeling come over me like you've been searching, uh, that you've been searching. Yes, I have been searching, as a matter of fact. She said, I had this feeling come over me that you are what I have been searching for since I was four years old. And I was, you know, I was just starting to open my mind to DDLG, but that just like lit a fire inside of me. And it brought up so many feelings. I just wanted to nurture and protect and care for and and just be her daddy. That just came out instantly when she told me that I'm like yes you you felt that because because I felt that too and yes I am I yes I am what you have been searching for since you were four years old you're not mistaken come to daddy (laughs) and my daddy started to my daddy side started to emerge so I started observing my responses to her and we would talk about them a lot and we would talk about how they kind of came back to this whole DDLG thing. And we started to nurture and flesh out and create context for our DDLG dynamic to start to grow and thrive. And I started to notice how my responses to her would drive me to be nurturing. And that connected me directly to my dominant roots. And finally, it was like, boom, one day I was, I was alone and uh, I was thinking about this and deconstructing myself. And I was just like, man, that's it. I mean, I know the roots of my dominance, dog in a closet. Yeah, but what the dog in a closet was all about is standing right here in front of me. And when I kissed her that night, I found what I have been looking for since I was five years old. And I knew I was a daddy. It just fit. And I have a, a Zen saying on my desk at work and it goes like this in your heart you already know and I think it's pretty common sense on what it's trying to express you know like stop thinking about it in your heart you already know and when you know you just know and now you can think around it and you can you know deconstruct and unpack sure but in your heart you already know and I knew I was a daddy. So at this point in time, I think we had known each other about, I was coming up on two months or so. And uh, I had already been talking to another play partner uh, that I did rope with that I wanted to uh, get a rope mark tattoo on my rib cage because as I've already mentioned, rope is one of my things, you know. Um, I am a rigger at heart for sure. And um, I like to self-suspend. So, you know, I like it so much that I do it. I do it myself. I do it when I'm alone. I just really enjoy it. It's very meditative and therapeutic. So I just love the way rope marks look. So I wanted to get a rope mark tattoo to say as, as a way of saying, hey, you know, I'm divorced. I've been in relationships for 27 straight years. I'm on my own now. I've got my feet firmly on the ground and I am a dominant and I am not going anywhere. And this is my life. This is my space. This is where I live. And I wanted to get a rope mark tattoo on my ribs to kind of say, yeah, this is me and I can't hide anymore. 
So I was thinking about it, and when I realized that I was a daddy, I said, you know what? I think I want to add that self-expression to my tattoo. So I thought about it for a few days, and I started to play with some designs, and I came up with a design that said baby girl, but the baby was on top of the rope marks, and the girl was on the bottom of the rope marks, and they kind of looked like um, the, the B was coming out of the end of a collar with the buckle, and the, the L of the girl was terminating into the end. Uh, of a collar that like gets fed into the buckle so it really represented like the power exchange for me and as the design kind of came came out of me I, I ended up adding a d-ring right in the middle of the rope marks so that that the, the rope mark itself um just a horizontal patch of rope mark actually with a d-ring in the middle looks like a collar so it has a lot of layers to it just like i do right and i wanted to express those layers clearly and openly so that I could never hide from myself again. My identity of a daddy would be tattooed on my skin for the world to see. And I was like, geez, that's a bold move. Do I want to do that? So I asked a friend about it. And he's like, dude, maybe you should wait on the baby girl. The rope tattoo sounds cool, but maybe you should wait on the baby girl and get that like, you know, you can still get that six months from now. You know, you can, you can always add that. And I thought about that for about a week or so. And I said, no. I'm doing this. This is who I am. I am a daddy. And when I revealed the tattoo to my baby girl, it was the day I collared her. Um, I bought her a beautiful little collar to match the underwear that she was wearing the first time that I met her, um, white and black polka dots. And um, I, I told her, I sat her down before I uh, gave her the collar, um, and, and, I, and I told her, you know, there, I did something. You know, you, you remember that rope tattoo that I told you that I wanted to get on, on my rib cage. Um, well, I, I added another element that, that represents who I really am because since I've met you, I've discovered that I am a daddy, like from the bottom of my soul. That's who I am. And I know that thanks, thanks to you and the deconstruction that we've done, I realized that that is my true identity and I don't ever want to hide from myself again. And I took my shirt off and I showed her what I had done and she just reached out and touched it and looked up at me and we kissed and and I said to her, I said that this, you know, this tattoo is very important to me and I don't want you to be overly concerned. You know, it's not, it's not like, hey, I tattooed your name on me, but it, it is about you, but it's really about my identity as a daddy and you are my baby girl but if you're not here someday i will always be a daddy so even though this tattoo is for you sweetheart it's also who i am let's talk about the ddlg dynamic I'm going to talk about how my DDLG with baby girl manifests itself in our dynamic. You know, so if you have a dynamic of your own or you desire one, think about what works for you. Think about how your dynamic manifests or if you're looking for one, what you would like it to look like. So for me, as a daddy, I have a deep desire to learn her. I want to learn all about my baby girl. And I have from um, pretty much the day we met, you know, she's definitely intrigued me every step of the way. But once I realized that I was a daddy, once I made that commitment, once I discovered my identity and um, owned it, the strength of my desire to learn her manifested itself and it drives me to observe her map her habits her responses pay attention to her knee-jerk reactions to life nothing to do about me i mean yeah sure also observe what happens inside our relationship but remember we're polyamorous and she's married and she has children so she's also a, um, a high-powered working professional who um, has a lot of stress 
and a lot of responsibilities on her plate. So this gives me a chance to really observe her. And I told her, I said, I want to know about your life. I want you to throw it all at me. I don't want you to hold back. As mundane as you think it is, tell me. I want to hear about your day. I want to understand the choices that you make in your life. And I will sit back and observe the reactions that you have to these choices. This is what drives me as a daddy. I want to understand her and deconstruct her. I want to establish a baseline. And why do I want to do that? I mean, it sounds like, oh, geez, you're emotionally stalking this chick. Back off, dude. Get up out of her shit. Um, but here, let me tell you. I want to know all about her habits, responses, and knee-jerk reactions to life. Because once I have a baseline, then I know whenever she's off balance. And if she's off balance, then I can do something about it. I can hold her accountable to herself and to being her best self. Not by berating her, not by putting her not down, not by saying, hey, you know, I watched you and you said such and such and you did such and such and you should have done it this... Fuck no. So I can observe her and how she is being and then reach out and put my hands underneath her and cradle her and lift her back up to a place of balance through conversation. And maybe she'll like it, maybe she won't. Actually, there's been times where she said to me, you know, I really didn't like hearing that, and that tells me you're right. And I have to be really careful as a daddy. You have to be really careful not to overstep my bounds. I mean, I I know that baby girl says throw it all at me, but at the same time, I'm very, very responsible about how I express my daddiness. It's not a selfish thing, right? I'm not doing it for me. I, I, I mean, I am. I'm a daddy, so everything I'm doing, I'm doing for me. But what I'm doing for me is in her best interests, and it serves us. It brings out, and we always say this to each other, I just absolutely fucking adore how we, together, work to bring out each other's best selves. So I kind of look at uh, DDLG for me. Um, it's kind of like, I said, before I go into the, what I was about to say, I just want to say, like, in my intro, I talk about a soft DDLG dynamic. You know, baby girl doesn't regress necessarily. She says that um, I'm what she's been looking for since she was four years old. You know, so there is that element of um, something that was missing. And, you know, I fill that hole. But it goes a lot deeper than that. You know, it's not, it's not that she regresses back to four years old and I take care of her, you know, in that age, age space. It, it kind of crops up all throughout our relationship and all throughout our interactions. There will be moments where I notice that, that, that she's struggling because I baselined her. And I, I will notice that she's fighting herself. And, and I will reach out and gently put a hand on the back of her neck, proverbially speaking, and say, hey, um, this is what I'm seeing. Does that resonate with you? And sometimes I'll just go so far as to say, hey, this is what I need you to do for me right now. And, and I have to trust that that's going to be received in the right vein, which I have learned that pretty much anything I say is received in the right vein because we are really, really well bonded as daddy and baby girl. And I, I'm not just going to, I'm not just saying, Hey guys, we're fucking awesome over here. Woohoo. We work really hard at it. And we have from day one, we put a lot of communication and that's, that's what I'm telling, telling you as you listen is that when you put a lot of effort and time and in, into the communication and deconstructing it opens doors. So I kind of see it as um, it's my job, getting back to what I was going to say, it's my job to know her, 
just as she and, and I see it that way. She doesn't see it that way. I do, you know, and, and what I love about her is that she lets me be a daddy. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that what she loves about me is I let her be a baby girl. And then we fucking adore each other as she adores me as a daddy and I adore her as a baby girl. But we give each other the space to explore our own internalization of our um, identity. And then we just talk and talk and talk about how those two mash up together, you know. So I look at it as my job to know her, just as she looks at it as her job to please me. But it's not its not that black and white, you know, maybe, maybe in the bedroom, sure. But yeah, even though, even then, maybe, maybe, maybe not. There's shades of gray, no pun intended. Um, don't get me started. <laughs> but to, to me, it, it's, it's a subtle, and, and like I was saying, you know, not sometimes not so subtle, give and take. And, and it echoes through our communication. That's where it all takes place, through our communication. And if it just took place in the bedroom, and if it just took place when she came over and visited, and I said, yeah, you get your collar on the nail by the guest room, and you can bring it to me and kneel down and present it to me. I mean, you know, that's all black and white shit. And that's great. You know, that's an expression of dynamic. It's fucking fantastic. It's awesome. But I love the fact that Baby Girl and I relate on a level that subtly permeates day-to-day life. It, in, in fact, we never really talked about having a 24-7 dynamic, but we sure as fuck live a 24-7 dynamic, which is actually kind of mind-blowing because when I've tried to do that in the past, it's always seemed very clunky and awkward because I go back to my life and she goes back to her life. You know, I, I'm, I'm talking about a prior partner. And it was just like, okay, how am I supposed to maintain this connection? Because I didn't know my true identity of a daddy. And now once, once I realized my daddy was triggered, I'm like, no, fuck, I know what the fuck to do. And this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it. Why? Because I'm doing it because I'm a daddy. And this is what I feel that I need to do. And thank God, my baby girl is just like, yes, daddy, please. I want it all. Give me everything you've got. So... In talking about how DDLG manifests in our dynamic and, um, you know, also think about yours as I'm talking, um, I like a lot of daily nurturing. I, I love that my baby girl makes herself available so that I can nurture her. That's what I need. You know, she needs to please me. She needs to be there for me. I need to nurture her. I need to feed that, right? You know, it's a feedback loop that's happening here. I like connectedness. You know, I've gone so far as to say, I want a daily photo. I need you to send me a photo of yourself every day and you can be creative as you want. And I want you to tell me a little bit about the photo that you're sending just to give me a little bit of insight as to what were you thinking? What prompted you to send that photo? Let's actually connect here. Let's not just go through the motions. Let's be intentional. In addition to that, I want to support my girl. I want her to let me in. I want her to let me be a part of her life. Even though she has a husband and children, I also fill a role in her life. Where can we find and carve out a place where I can support her? I want to encourage her. I want to encourage her to be her best self. I want to encourage her to achieve her goals. I want to know her goals. Again, baseline, right? Understanding my baby girl, so that I can encourage her to achieve the things that she's telling me she wants to achieve. And what does that do? That reinforces integrity, that you do what you say you're going to do. And when daddy sees that you're not, daddy's going to step up and say, hey, baby girl, you know, is that going to get you what you want? And, you know, just ask the question because minds change and that's okay. I want her to know that daddy is always going to understand that Whatever she wants, whatever she needs, I will understand. And I will do my best, even if I'm having a hard time, I will let her know, but I will do my best to be gentle with her and support her. And on the flip side of all of this, um, I do like to express a nourishing form of discipline. And how my discipline takes, takes shape is really through conversation. Um, I've tried, you know, we had a day, there was a time where she actually forgot a photo 
And I was like, oh, a chance to discipline, right? So I created this whole persona, bad daddy, and I got red contact lenses. And when she came over, I said, okay, you're going you're gonna to have to have retribution for forgetting your photo. And, and I sat her down, and I explained all about like how important the photo is to me and, and what it means to me. And not, not to like say, hey, this is how much you let me down, but just to say, hey, this is how much, this is what it means to me so that you understand and maybe it will help you to remember that, wow, this is why daddy needs that photo. And I want to please daddy. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be mindful. Right? So I sat her down and I explained all that. And then I said, okay, you sit right here. Uh, there's someone who's going to come out and you know, it's time for your retribution. So I went in and I put on contact lenses and I came out and I was really hard on her. I, I, I really laid some impact on her and was rough with her and short and curt and, uh, and when I left, I was actually rather threatening, you know, uh, pretty much said that I'm always going to be, even though daddy's, you know, daddy's not here right now, but even when daddy's here, I will be too, you know, so <laughs> we kind of deconstructed that afterwards because it brought her to tears. And that doesn't necessarily mean it was a bad thing to reach that kind of depth of emotion, but we deconstructed that afterwards, and, and I made a choice. I says, you know what? I don't want to bring my baby girl to that place. I don't need to bring my baby girl to that place. It's one thing if baby girl says, hey, daddy, I want to go to that place. Oh, fuck, yes. I, honey, hop on the daddy train. I can take you to that place and far darker. You know, you, you can bring the most powerful LED flashlight you can find. You won't be able to see fucking shit. That's how dark daddy can get. And that's one thing I've recognized with her because we made agreements early on to go down the bunny hole. And I've seen, I've seen some pretty fucking dark passages as I'm walking down these corridors. And so has she. And we've talked about them. And what's the, what the beauty of it is is that we are very intentional about our decisions and choices and how we explore. And, you know, I do my best not to surprise anything or put anything on her. It's, you know, we, we, I want her to have a good time. I want her to feel... Um, you know, supported and carried through our experiences. And I want to go through them together. That's the experience I want to have. So, you know, I, I, I don't impose upon her the dark elements because they're, they're there and they're pretty deep. But, you know, bad daddy was just scratching the surface. And, and when I saw the results that came of that, I says, you know what? Um, this, this discipline that I, I need to... Um, to express to her it needs to be a nourishing form of discipline through conversation and i'm not afraid to push her i'm sure in the future there may be opportunities for me to push her too but you know when the time is right because at the end of the day i want us to connect right i want whatever we do to be a mutual exploration and something that brings us closer that's that's how ddlg manifests in our dynamic my protector comes out and says hey man yeah i can do this and she'll she'll fucking love it all day and we'll deconstruct it and we'll pick apart the good parts and the quote-unquote bad parts and we'll make sense of it all in a way that feeds us and nurtures us but at the end of the day my protective side comes out and says no if you're going to do something like that don't surprise her with it be intentional and then you can have as much as you want but be intentional um so you know, that's kind of how things manifest through, through our dynamic. And just as I keep her accountable to her best self, I also seek to protect her from herself. And there's one way in particular that, uh, that comes up around that. So at this point in, in our relationship, we see each other once every week. And there was a time where we were seeing each other every couple of weeks during the pandemic. And uh, thank you, FetLife, for coining the term pandamorous, by the way. Took full advantage of that one. Uh, responsibly so, of course. But anyway, I noticed that Baby Girl said to me, you know, um, after we spent time together, man, I noticed, Daddy, I noticed that my baseline anxiety is so much lower after I spend time with you. And, you know, there's some weeks where that anxiety ramps back up and there's other weeks where we're able to maintain a connection or for one reason or another, her, her anxiety doesn't ramp up that much. But it drove me to have this realization like, you know what? I'm going to take control of your anxiety. You know, if this is something that you wrestle with in between our times together, why do you have to wait to see me for me to take control of your anxiety and help you and alleviate it and relieve some of that for you? I'm already learning of you, learning you as much as I possibly can and establishing a baseline so that I understand when you're off balance. 
if this is something I can do for you, and this is your biggest challenge in life, then this is my biggest job. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to take care of you when we are apart. So I committed to her that I am going to take charge of your anxiety. And her response was surprising. I was like, oh, thought she was going to say, oh, you're going a little too far with that one. And no, complete opposite. She was like, oh my God, daddy, I can't believe you just said that, how much that set my mind at ease, that, that you, you're willing to do that for me. It's just like, I almost immediately feel myself completely relaxing into your arms. And um, that's something that we've been able to retrofit our DDLG dynamic to, to accommodate. And honestly, is it DDLG? No, really, but it's, it's, it's an expression of power exchange, right? This is one of these ways where power exchange and DS becomes like a mental and emotional control. She's willing to submit to me the control over her experiences of anxiety. So, you know, it's a mental, emotional type of power exchange. So that's a bit about our DDLG dynamic. Let's look at some DDLG questions. We've talked a lot about dominance and the source of my dominance in DDLG and how it all started and what it looks like for me, but what does DDLG mean to you? What terminology do you use? Baby girl, little girl, daddy, father, dad, pops. Do you like the words you're using? Does it fit? Have you thought about it? And if it fits, then, then why? What, what are the feelings behind those terms that are fitting for you? Like when, I, when she calls me daddy, my heart melts. You know, there was a time when she, she would say, yes, sir. Very early in our relationship, she would say, yes, sir. Which is a very common moniker in, in the power exchange community, yes, sir. And um, I didn't like it. I liked it because it was uh, uh, she was showing me respect, and I liked the I liked how she was expressing power exchange. It really turned me on, and and I and I love that, and it fed me. But something about it was just like eh, didn't fit right in my heart. I knew <laughs> it didn't fit, and um, I said to myself, "Well, what what do I like better?" I said, "Well, I like yes, sir, daddy, because I'm a fucking daddy, and that's how I feel, and I'm your daddy. I'm not your sir." just didn't sit right with me. I, I've had exposure to that terminology in the past and I just don't like, didn't like um, how it was connecting up in my head. So I told her, I said, you know, and from now on, you will refer to me as, yes, sir, daddy, when you are responding to a request with a positive affirmation. And uh, she loved it and I loved it. And every time she says, yes, sir, daddy, now it reminds me that, hey, I asked for that. And I got what I asked for, and she's given it to me, and that just makes me smile. So terms, terminology is important, you know? Um, so what does it mean to you? So uh, another question. When did you realize that DDLG was for you? How did it happen? What did you realize about it? So I was talked earlier about a girl that I was dating, and she had said that uh, her and her boyfriend had, you know, they were a top and bottom relationship, and they were at a party one day, and she was she was passing by him in the hallway to go to the bathroom. She's like, I, uh, he's like, I just have to go over here, and you know, could you do me a favor and get me a drink? And she goes, Yes, Daddy. And he stops and turns around. And he goes, Oh, I like that. I don't know what just happened there, but that sparked something. And she was like, Yeah, me too. You know, so how did it happen for you? What did you realize about it when it happened? Like, what did you like? What, what feeling got you? What, what, what grabbed you in your gut about being called baby girl or a little girl, my precious little girl, or daddy for the first time? How did it make you feel? And, and hey, here's a good one. How about your partner? How did they experience realizing that they were into DDLG? That's a good one to talk about, right? Because you might shine a flashlight in some shadows and realize, even with, if you're partnered up with someone who has had DDLG before, what do they like about DDLG with you? And how did they experience realizing that they were into it versus how did they experience entering into it with you, right? These are awesome ways to dig in deep and, and connect and broaden your dynamic. Remember my commitments I talked about in the last segment. What have you committed to be for your DDLG partner? Whether you're a baby girl, little girl, you're on the S side of the slash, or you're a daddy, you're a dom, 
Um, what, what have you committed to be for your partner? Are these spoken or unspoken commitments? Because, you know, either work as long as they work for you and your partner. And these commitments, how do they play out? And how mindful are you of these commitments? Is it something that's top of mind every day? Is it a driver of your focus, of your choices, of your interactions, of your communications? You know, do you, do you think about what you're going to say before you say it? Um, do you think about what you said after you say things and what your partner may be thinking and how they're furthering your commitments in your relationship? Do you talk about the ways that you serve one another? Do you talk about what these commitments do in your relationship? It's nice to know what commitments you have toward your partner. It's nice to know what your commitments your partner has toward you, even if they're their own. You know, it's not like I'm telling baby girl, hey, I need you to commit to doing these things for me. No, I love her because of the things that she commits to do for me on her own. And then we talk about them because it's reinforcing of her natural reaction to me. It's me telling her, hey, I love you for the way that you love me. And this is working. So how does it make you feel when you're being a daddy or a little girl? In those moments that you guys are exchanging power, I shouldn't say guys, I'm sorry. In the, mom in the moment that the two of you or the you and your partner are exchanging power, what do you get out of it? How does your partner experience those things that you enjoy most in your dynamic? So I talk to baby girl all the time. I tell her, hey, I loved this about the way that I was able to come at you and the way you responded. And she tells me, oh, when you did that, this is how I felt. So when I'm being a daddy, I tell my girl, this is how I felt when I was being a daddy to you. And I ask her, how did you experience those things that I enjoy the most? So when I'm, when I'm enjoying this way of being, how does that make you feel? And either it's an opportunity for reinforcement or it's an opportunity for growth, right? Because, you know, there's no good and bad. There's just discovering what works and what doesn't and then figuring out what, what works, right? Um, so I'd be curious, you know, how how it makes you feel when you're being a daddy or a little girl. And, and if your experiences with the things that you enjoy most in your dynamic, are they aligned with what your partner enjoys most? Do they, do they love experiencing the thing that you love doing the most and vice versa? And when you're being a daddy or a little girl, are you doing those things from service or is it something deeper, something organic, something that you, you just feel a calling that you need to do? Because I, I'm a daddy because I realize that I just need to be this way with my partner. Whoever my partner is, this is how I need to be. And I, I don't do them from service. You know, I've been in relations, I've been power exchange relationships before where things were done to service the dynamic, you know, like I'm going to be dominant with you now, you know, but... I wasn't necessarily feeling like I am a dominant. I am the dominant. But that's just a reflection of where I was. I don't know. Maybe you're in a similar place. So I asked the question because it was relevant for me at one time or another. Do you do the things that you do when you're being a daddy or a little girl because they're done from a place of service or is it coming from who you really are? And those can be very closely related and there's nothing right or wrong about either of them. Just to be aware of it with your eyes open. Where is this behavior coming from? Where does it connect down to me as an individual and my roots um, as, as an individual down to my uh, kink identity? And um, something else that goes hand in hand with this is as far as feeling like when you're being a daddy or a little girl, are you afraid to ask for things? Because that was a big one for me. I came into this relationship with a fear of asking for things and I was able to overcome it very quickly because I saw just how much my baby girl just adores it when I ask her for things. She has this intense desire to please me. So I'm actually compelled to ask and now I'm committed to asking her for things, not just because she needs it and I'm doing it out of service, but because it's organic, because doing that for her and seeing how much it pleases her to please me pleases me and that creates a feedback loop so if you're afraid to ask for things what's that connected to and how could you maybe get that out of the way or play with it um, unless it's working for you because that could feed another type of dynamic right 
Uh, and the last question I have um, is, what type of baby girl or daddy naturally triggers your response? And this is a good one. Because you can ask yourself what form your DDLG takes. You know, is it full-on regression? Like when we were talking about regression, regressing back uh, to like an age category. Or is it a soft DDLG that kind of bleeds into your relationship and kind of crops up when you need to correct something or address something? Um, do you share your thoughts and feelings on how your dynamic feeds you with your partner? And that's back to kind of related to how it makes you feel when you're being a daddy or a little girl. And do you talk to your partner about it? But getting down into the, um, you know, the, the, the moving parts of what type of baby girl and daddy, daddy naturally triggers your baby girl daddy response or little girl daddy response. You know, un understanding where your natural responses come from and getting in touch with that will, will feed a, um, a, a deeper and more satisfying dynamic, at least in, in my experience. You can work together to shape your DDLG experience when you communicate on this level. And in order to communicate on that level, of course, you need to be in touch with um, knowing yourself. And then from there, communicating that to your partner and knowing who they are and the view through their eyes. So these are just some of the questions that I thought I'd ask about your DDLG. What's next on Daddy as Fuck? Well, coming up in episode three, I'm going to talk about relationship labels and voices in submission. The labels you're wanting, you don't get, and the labels you get, you don't want. We're going to look at how Baby Girl kept Daddy accountable in having integrity between how he feels and lives his life versus how he sees himself through the eyes of the world. Hmm, interesting. We're also going to discuss a bit about appreciating your submissive's voice. Does your submissive have a voice in your dynamic? How much do you value feedback in the moment, mid-scene, afterwards? Not at all. As always, if you have any comments or suggestions or feedback, you can email me at daddy underscore af at comcast.net. If you like what you're hearing and you want to let daddy know, then show your support with a donation or a subscription, maybe even some feedback. And if you leave a message, it might even find itself into a future episode. So that's all for this trip down the bunny hole. Thanks for listening in, and I'll meet you back here real soon.